Today is Christmas Day, Xmas. But uh, whatever our religion, I think uh, the center is almost quite independent from any religion. There's nothing the particular question about this guy in the red winter gear, white beard, and the sleigh and distributing presents. And people are often surprised when I say that I believe in Santa. <laughs> but we can believe in symbols. And if you consider what Santa is doing, his whole job is simply giving gifts, in particular to kids. That figure and the way we think of him, and he's not doing anything else, it's his whole function. And giving gifts is obviously generosity. And you don't have to pay for the gifts that Santa is bringing. You don't have to work for them. He's just giving it. So, in other words, I see him as a symbol for dana, for generosity, for giving, for charge for sharing, for kindness. And the amazing thing is now, although he's doing a very tough job, because it's probably the most seasonal job you can possibly imagine. In certain um, professions, tourism, they sometimes have the peak seasons, and they have to earn most of their money in just one month or six weeks and then smaller percentage rest of the year. This is quite a unique job. All the work for the whole year you have to do in one day. <laughs> and additionally, he has to deal with the reindeer on the sleigh. It can be very cold. And do we ever see Santa being impatient or upset or grumpy? He's always beaming, always smiling, always happy. And that is the other thing I really like about that symbolism. So you have someone who practices a very outstanding level of generosity and giving gifts to all children worldwide. And at the same time we can see that means that person is happy even when the beard is frozen and the cold wind <laughs> is washing past and he's on the sleigh and is still happy. And that doesn't have anything to do with any particular religious background. These are just the natural laws of the mind. It's like, uh, for example, gravity if you are, that's a good example. If you have something that has weight, then you drop it, it falls down. And as a Buddhist, what do you believe when I drop that? Will it fall down? Will it fall up? Will it fall down? 
What would the Muslim believe? And what would the Christian believe? Because it's actually not so much a question of belief. No, this is just a natural law. You can measure that and it's quite objective. You can even calculate how fast it will fall. These are just the natural laws. They're independent from religious beliefs. It's not a matter of faith. You can prove it. But there are similar natural laws in the mind. Our society nowadays is very advanced when it comes to investigating the natural laws concerning matter, anything material, physics, chemistry, and so on. And they have uh, unbelievable knowledge compared to all other historical periods we know about. But when it comes to the natural laws operating inside our mind, our society is far behind. And you know, the ancient Indians at the time of the Buddha, for example, they would know very much less about the material world. You know, they didn't have quantum physics and theory of relativity and the periodic table and chemistry and all these things. But they had an uh, amazing knowledge of the natural laws, how our mind is functioning. And one of these natural laws, which the Buddha didn't invent or create it, but which he just discovered, it's just like the gravity is not something you can create, it's something a researcher discovers. Often the Newton is credited with that, and he saw the apple dropping and so on. It's so similar, the Buddha, by investigating and experimenting with his own mind, discovered the natural laws which are ruling our psyche, our heart, our mind. So when you are sitting under the Bodhi tree, you, know, you can see the Buddha almost a little bit like a researcher. Researcher in a laboratory. Only the laboratory is not visible because what's inside his heart. He experimented inside his own mind. And one of the laws he discovered, whenever we make good karma by giving, by generosity, by sharing, by helping others, then a natural result of that is joy and happiness. That works both more in the long run. When we accumulate good karma, punya, the technical term for good karma is punya in Pali. Whenever we accumulate that, it will mean a happy rebirth. It will mean a rebirth among the devas, the angels, the gods in the heavenly world or in a good position in the human world. Well, this is something that functions just like gravity. It's not something which you can change by believing. If you all try to believe that this will fall up when I drop it, can you do that just by believing? No, that's a natural law. And it's the same with the results of good actions. That's why the Buddha said, you, you cannot hide from that. 
would be impossible. You know, your actions, the results will always find you. Even if you're in a submarine 10,000 meter under the ocean surface, even if you're in the highest mountain valleys somewhere in the Himalaya or hiding on Mount Everest, you know, the good karma will always come back as you know, pain, disappointment, suffering, bad rebirth, wherever we are. And the good karma will always come as joy, happiness, and a happy rebirth. So I think it's an important law the Buddha discovered. And to me it's quite beautifully expressed in the figure of the smiling center. And I think it's something very important for us in the current situation. Because when you watch the daily infection cases, do you usually check that? Most people probably, no? it's difficult not to check. And how was it, what is it doing? Is it going up or down? Is it going up very slowly or very steeply? Very steeply. And when you see that, do you feel relaxed and calm and happy? Not really, no? it's a little bit concern, a little bit anxiety, apprehension, and maybe also detraction, maybe even depression. So what to do when we notice our mind gets anxious, dejected, depressed, mind is going down. <laughs> we remember the laws the Buddha has discovered. And we can break out of negative mind states of uh, anxiety, dejection, depression by simply doing something good, by simply practicing dana, giving generosity. And then it will come naturally that there will be happiness. But we can further enhance that. It's a bit like if I drop it, it will fall down. But I can also throw it, then it falls down even quicker. So uh, in a similar, you can use uh, natural laws of the mind, uh, generosity, giving, kindness, dana, producing joy and happiness, you can further enhance it. So you're making good karma and you want to have even more happiness. How do you enhance the joy and happiness you get out of it? Now whatever you do, when you make good karma, it will always catch up with you. However, you can further increase it because there's no harm in having even more happiness, isn't it? Was anyone worried that you're too happy? Have you ever met anyone who has complained, I'm just too happy? It's really awful, it's just too, too much joy and happiness. Maybe you're scared it will come down. Pardon? Too. Maybe because you're scared it will come down. Yeah, yeah, that will calm down. But uh, if we want to maximize it, 
there's nothing wrong about maximizing wholesome happiness. So what do you do to make that happiness even more powerful? You've done something good, like today. You came, you prepared all the nice food, get up early, buy the ingredients beforehand, and do all the cooking, driving out, offering it with faith and dedication and devotion and respectfully and bowing to the Buddha. It's all heaps of good karma. But if you say heaps of good karma is good, but I want even more heaps, <laughs> heaps of heaps of good karma, truckloads, what do you do to make it even more? Hmm? Yeah, you can give more. Yeah, that is a very good idea. But... Uh, Exactly. Chaga nosati, recollection of what you have done. Sometimes people have this wrong idea, or oh, I just should make good karma and then forget about it. That's not the teaching of the Buddha. The teaching of the Buddha is whenever we make good karma, we should remember it, we should contemplate it. And funny enough, no, this is not so natural for most people. Most people find it can, quite easy to contemplate when they have messed up. <laughs> if, I, if I ask you, can you remember the last time you really messed up something? Most people can immediately remember and they like to dwell on it. But what is stopping us from dwelling on our good actions? There's only mara, there's only unwholesome defilements in the mind which would stop us. Because now remembering the good things you have done and contemplating the benefit other beings are receiving from that, there is good all around you. And you're making even more good karma. In fact, now this is so powerful. But it's theoretically possible not to even make more good karma with it. Now to give you one example, maybe there's a family and they're going out to the monastery offering dana. But one of the younger family members is not really into it and they don't like it. But they can't really get out and so they join in and they do the absolute minimum in terms of helping out and they hope that they can go back as quickly as possible. But now they're still making good karma, of course. But now imagine there's an old grandmother and she is too old and weak and she can't even join. She can't really help, which she would love to do, but she's too weak, can't do it anymore. And she can't even join. But she's so happy that the family is going and offering dana. And while there at the monastery, she's just back home, maybe listening to some pavita and the Dhamma talk. And the three hours that they are away, she's just 
imagining that their family today are giving dana and she feels so happy about it and so much mudita. So it is not impossible that this old grandmother then may have made more good karma than the one person who joined and didn't really like it so much. That is the power of mudita, that's the power of rejoicing. Please, yeah. Today in the morning when I said that we are going to the temple, because it's Christmas Day, they were like, well, we didn't want to go to the temple today. Now you see, you got your Santa Claus talk, nevertheless. <laughs> what were your plans for today? Sleeping in? What, wanted to, what did you want to do? Oh, your mom woke you up. We have to go now. Oh, the sister woke you. Aha. Uh -huh. She was probably not happy that you woke her. What would you have done today? Just sleeping in till twelve o'clock? Ah, uh, did you get Christmas presents? Mm. You see, the gifts you got, this is your good karma from the past. If you didn't have good karma, you wouldn't get any gifts. So you have got a certain stock of good karma, which you made in the last life and the life before. And this is why you live in quite a wealthy country, where you can get good education, why you have got parents you know, who love you and look after you, you know, why you have you know, possibilities, can get good jobs. You know, imagine some little kid in Africa when they have war and famine, they wouldn't have all the things you have. And why have you got all the good stuff? You must have some good karma from the past. But the problem is, now each time you get the gifts, that is some of your good karma, and now you're enjoying it. Similar like money. Now if you have money, do you have a little piggy bank or something? Yeah? Even the young one already? Yes. Do you have a piggy bank? Oh, yeah. That she uses your piggy bank. <laughs> yeah. You see, with uh, money in the bank, you can sometimes do that. Now, maybe you can even steal it, but with karma, you can't. And if you ever run out of good karma, and you can't really grab it from your sister or from your mother. So we have to make sure that we never run out of good karma. Just like you won't want to run out of money. Now, if you're working, do you usually check your bank account and have a little your mom is doing it for you you're lucky you don't have to worry about that yet but normally you will have to check out now what is the income what is the expenditure how much money do you earn every month do you have weekly or monthly fortnight that's how much money do you earn every fortnight and how much money do you spend? And if you earn 2000 a fortnight, and you spend 3000 
what will happen? You get into big trouble. <laughs> because it's two, 1,000 too much every fortnight. And then you get dead. So you have to always make sure now, that you're not spending more than you're earning. It's the same with your comma. All the good thing you get, the gifts and uh, that you can sleep in in the morning, that you don't have to work. In some countries, little girls like you have to work 10 hours a day. Now, this is uh, all good karma that you live in a good country, in a good situation. Now, but each time we are enjoying the good karma, and some of the good karma is gone. That's why it's so important that we always continue making good karma. That next life you also have got a nice older sister who wakes you up on Christmas Day to help mother to, to do dana and to share her piggy bank with you if you run out. You want to have a nice sister next year or next lifetime as well, ne? Hmm. How many sisters have you got? One. Uh -huh. How many have you got? So there's eight billion humans on this earth about. And you've got only one sister. So she's a very special person. The only one among all these many humans. Why would you want to argue with her? How many mums have you got? Only one, eh? So she's really special. So it's good not to argue too much with these special people. There's only one you have. I'm talking to the young woman, but of course it applies to everyone. And just like you're checking your income expenditure and you know that you get into big trouble when your credit card 20,000 over and all the big interest and the debt. So we have to make sure that we're not running out of good karma. Because to live like we live here, usually in Australia, not in the middle of war, fairly wealthy country. Most people have a, quite a decent home and so on, and that is all good karma. So we have to make sure to constantly put something into the piggy bank every day. Do you put money into your piggy bank every day? Or you can't take it out? Yes. That is the idea, no, that you can... Yes. <laughs> the idea is no, that you save a little bit and you don't take it out straight away and then you have got more and then you can buy something really nice. You saw your piggy bank going down, and it was your little sister. And then you found it's your little sister. Yeah, I tell my father, and he's like, 
You've got to be careful. This is not good karma. <laughs> if you take away from other people their stuff, do you know what is a karmic result in the future? What will happen in the future? You will also lose things. If you take away the stuff which belongs to others, or dinna, dana, then the karmic result in the future is that we will lose the thing which we really like. So I can't recommend doing that. And the Buddha also doesn't recommend it. But with money it is possible that you take from someone else, but for our karma, one couldn't do that. Unless they're voluntarily sharing it, we can't just take it from them. How do you fill it up? Do you get pocket money? or? Uh -huh. Doesn't make it to the piggy bank. Well, you have to some of the pocket money you can use, and some put in the piggy bank. Maybe half, half. What do you think? <laughs> but never mind the piggy bank so much. As long as every day we put something into our karmic piggy bank. How do you usually check your bank account? Do you do that online or do you still get every month the statement or? Online. online. Yeah. So you go online and then you look, debit, credit. How do you check your karmic piggy bank? How do you check your karmic <laughs> bank account? Do you know how much is there? Are you in credit or in debit? But better not in debit, ne? <laughs> so how do you check that? Can you go online? Log in somewhere? Can log in. Where's your karmic bank account? Where is it? Is it in the bank somewhere in the CBD? Aha, yeah, in the heart. So you have to check in in your heart. How you do that? Meditation. You close the eyes. You look inside. You look like, what does your heart feel like? And if your heart feels dark and black and heavy, does it indicate that you have lots of credit in your karmic balance sheet? No, that would indicate debit. The deeper in debit, the darker, blacker and heavier the heart. But if you look inside and you carefully feel and watch your mind, it's very bright and joyful and light and brilliant and rapturous and blissful. This is the credit. That's the internal piggy bank. 
and in meditation you're looking into that. And the good karma is what makes your heart bright, joyful, happy and light. The bad karma is what makes the heart heavy and dark. And you don't have to have any worry that anyone can take it out. A karmic piggy bank is perfectly safe. Even the government, even the tax man can't get it. Even the gangsters can't get it. Even if flooding comes, it can't be flushed away. Even if a fire comes, it can't be burned. Even if a virus comes, no sickness, no virus can ever take away your karmic bank account. Perfectly safe. It's right with you. And because it's your mind, the consciousness which connects to the next life, it will be with you even in the next life. 